0: Here's a newsflash. Surprise, surprise.
1: Well, look at you. The whole world is watching for my next move. Oh. My. God. Times have changed. There are no rules. You're gonna
0: love it. Hi, and welcome to Skip Intro, the podcast from Binge all about the world's best television. Each week we're here to discuss the biggest news shows on Binge. My name is John Boehm and this week we're doing things a little bit differently. We've got no Allie with us, so filling in for her is friend of the podcast and friend in real life
1: and producer of the podcast, Dan Barrett. Dan, thanks thanks for joining us. Oh, John, look, it's a pleasure to be here and it's the most meaningful thing you've ever said to me, producer of the podcast. So nice to hear. What an honour. <laughs> it really is. Uh,
0: so not only do we have a, a different co-host with us this week, we're all also sort of talking about something a little bit different in that they're not brand new shows, but they are like very important shows. Here's
1: the thing. Every week you and Ali talk about all the latest shows. And sorry, you didn't actually say why Ali's not here. She's lost her voice. Yes. Yeah. There are
0: very few things that would stop Ali from being on the podcast. Not being able to talk, it turns out, is the one thing that means
1: Ali could not be joining us. So we hope you get well soon, Ali. Yeah. And as a professional podcast producer, I can tell you having your voice is actually integral to having me a podcast. Yes. But yeah, so you've got two titles and two of these are two of my favourite TV shows of all time. So the opportunity of all episodes for me to be able to talk about these with you is very exciting. Usually I sit here, you will talk about the shows and like I want to jump in, I want to discuss things. But boy, if you and Ali had talked about these shows and I couldn't have had this opportunity, I don't know how I would have processed things, John. So this is very exciting. So are we going to reveal what the shows are? Uh, I guess so. Uh, let's go to the first one. John, I believe that we're talking about The Larry Sanders Show.
0: And, uh, tell me what you've been doing lately. Well, actually, Larry, you know, you and I have something in common. Yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> A lot of you probably don't know that Alec and I, uh... Well, Alec used to actually date my ex-wife, uh, Francine. Oh. No, I was referring to our charity work with multiple sclerosis. <laughs> I know. I know, that too. Set behind the scenes at the fictional talk show, Gary Shandling starred as the host of The Larry Sanders Show, chronicling the day-to-day production and broadcast of the show featuring real celebrities from the time, credited as one of the most influential comedies of all time and helping establish HBO's early reputation. Dan, so much can be said about this show. It seems like every comedian of the last, like, 25 years has held it up as the reason that they got into television.
1: Yeah, so what's interesting about The Larry Sanders Show is people talk about the age of premium television and often look at The Sopranos as kicking that off. The thing is that for HBO, them getting into the talk about Emmys actually kicked off in the mid-90s with The Larry Sanders Show. So this was nominated for comedy awards and it was the first cable series, I believe, that actually got nominated for an Emmy Award. So, like, it's pretty notable from that. It's a who's who of people that were in American comedy from the early 90s through to the late 90s as the series ran on. But also, it's influenced just pretty much every major comedy program we've seen since then, from both people who appeared on the show, like Jeffrey Tambor, Chris Tambor went straight from this into Arrested Development, into Transparent, like such an iconic figure from television. And he kind of got his start really breaking big on this program. There's not a day that goes by where i don't start some sort of conversation by saying hey now just like uh, hank kingsley did this because i'm a weird guy yeah yeah yeah
0: (laughs) other shows like 30 rock and the office and the thick of it and i was even just reading in preparation for this the concept of the walk and talk that obviously west wing like popularized kind of also good at start in larry sanders so there's just so many sort of influential things that came out of this like beloved show
1: yeah, and if you think about the early 90s as well, this is a show where, think about some of the supporting cast members on this show, you got people like Janine Garofalo who kind of started on this, like she really got cut her teeth on this program and then went off to become one of the darlings of not quite independent cinema, but, you know, that sort of quasi-edgy like edgy Hollywood product for about five or ten years there. Uh, John Stewart plays the role as one of the guest hosts and obviously would then go on to do The Daily Show among
0: many other things. Yeah,
1: playing himself. So there was a... And I guess this is the difficult thing with this program in that the show is very much of the time, still very watchable now. Like you're not going to miss a beat with all the jokes in it, but some of the references to what was going on in terms of behind the scenes Hollywood at the time. So a lot of the conversation around the end of the Tonight Show hosted by Johnny Carson was who's going to take over. And you had Jon Stewart as a name that started to emerge a little bit then although it was kind of like really early Jon Stewart. But as time was going on, like he was constantly one of these names tipped to become one of the late night hosts. And so when he appeared in the Larry Sanders show, it was a bit of a nod to the fact that he keeps on being referenced in this way.
0: I was waiting for you to fit in a reference to The Late Shift, (laughs) your favourite movie on Binge.
1: Yeah, I was about to ask, is that on Binge? It is on Binge. If people haven't seen The Late Shift, boy, do you have to check that out. Uh, This is a TV movie that looked at the end of the Johnny Carson era of The Tonight Show, and the jockeying between Jay Leno and David Letterman to take over as host. It's very watchable and super entertaining. Is it as entertaining as Larry Sanders show? Maybe. Maybe. I actually did watch Late Shift recently and it, yeah. it does hold up and it's very interesting. But I have been
0: working my way through Larry Sanders in preparation for it going up on Binge and yeah, like you said, besides some of the like hyper topical things that were happening in the entertainment industry at the time, it's still very much like basically like a workplace sitcom that just happens to take place in this exciting world of late night television. Besides the references, it feels incredibly ahead of its time. And if they just swapped in new celebrities, you could be watching it in 2022.
1: Yeah, and there's some really great celebrities that pop up playing themselves. So David Duchovny is probably one of the best remembered ones. He's there as himself, but he's a David Duchovny who's got a weird sort of psychosexual interest in Larry Sanders. In Larry Sanders, (laughs) yes. Yes, it's very good. There's an excellent scene in a dressing robe that I think you can probably guess what goes on there. A couple of other figures that people would be, I guess, fairly interested to know crop up in. Uh, Jeremy Piven, who people would know from Entourage, which I believe is streaming now on Binge. Uh, But people may also remember from the Ellen show, which I think was called Ellen at the time. Uh, Marilyn Raskalb, who was in 24, but has been in pretty much every comedy that you've ever seen on television ever. Uh, Who else? Bob Odenkirk is a regular and as Larry Sanders' manager. Lots of really cool names that resonate today. But behind the scenes, it's actually a bit of a veritable who's who of people that went off to rule Hollywood for the next 20, 30 years that followed. Uh, I mean, we kind of haven't quite reached 30 years yet, but I guarantee these names will still be there. So you've also got Gary Shandling, who's the guy that created the show, stars in the show, and was one of the main writers on it. Uh, but also with him, you've got people like Peter's Holland, who went on to do, do you remember Rescue Me, that Dennis Leary firefighter show? Yes. Yep. yep. He did that and a whole bunch of other shows that you've seen. Paul Sims, who went off after this to go and create News Radio a show that I can't help but feel we might be talking about in a couple of minutes' time. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Judd Apatow, who, you know, I don't have to explain who Judd Apatow is. Uh, You've also got Stephen Levitan, who went off to create Modern Family, only one of the other biggest sitcoms of all time. Also on Binge. Also on Binge. Uh, And the director of definitely through the first season, if not quite regularly throughout the entire run of the show, is this guy named Ken Kwapis, where straight after this finished up, uh, he spent a couple of years, you know, doing a few things here and there, and then went on to become the main director for some show called The Office. Not sure if you've heard of that one before. I am, I am familiar with The Office, and I am familiar with that name, and I think it is probably just because I've seen
0: it in the credits on 200 episodes of The Office, so <laughs> it's it's all coming together.
1: Well, I mean, this is the thing you- is, sorry, this is the thing with the Larry Sanders show as well, because the credits on it are like white text on a black background. There's so many names that I learned who work in television that I kind of just learned those from The Larry Sanders Show and it's become indelibly just part of the experience watching that program, just knowing who all these great behind-the-scenes people are at the same time. I don't think we planned this, but Larry Sanders' show started in 1992 and it is 2022. Oh, so it is 30 years this year then.
0: Yeah, and it started in August and we're launching it in July, so we
1: will be there for the 30th anniversary. (laughs) You can enjoy the whole thing for the 30th anniversary. Now, one of these like really cool things about the Larry Sanders show is that, as I said, when we talk about HBO, we think about a lot of the sort of foray into television in like they're creating original series, really starting with shows like uh, The Sopranos. But it was the Larry Sanders show that really kicked things off in a really big way for them. But you look at that and you think to yourself, well, this means that this would be a show that would be forever linked to HBO and available. But much in the same way that Binge has had all the HBO content and you haven't had Larry Sanders up until right now, even HBO hasn't had the Larry Sanders show available. For quite a few years, it was unavailable outside of DVD. And it's only, I think, maybe two to three years ago that HBO was able to start streaming Larry Sanders' show themselves. So this is a show which. If you kind of feel like, oh, they're just kind of stretching a little bit and it's not really a show which is as resonant. Otherwise, why haven't people been talking about this a lot? It just hasn't been available for whatever reason. So it's kind of exciting now that it is. And it's cool that it's really here in Australia where we never really got it much in Australia. So the comedy channel on Foxtel played it a lot. Like I watched it so much as a lonely 16-year-old on the comedy channel through the mid-90s. But yes. outside of that, like I had a very short run on Channel 10 for like about four weeks and then got pulled because it's not really the sort of show with the very, uh, let's say, colourful language uh, featured throughout it that really gets a play on free to our TV. Certainly not the case back in 1995, I think, when the show first started getting a run here. But, like, this is the first time a lot of people in Australia will get a proper chance to be able to watch The Larry Sanders Show, and it's super exciting people are going to discover it. 30 years feels, like, ripe for a rewatch for a lot of
0: shows. But, yeah, we're thrilled to bring um, every episode of Larry Sanders to binge, um, which you can start to enjoy from Wednesday, July 6th, which should set you up perfectly to, you know, have the 30th anniversary celebrations um, later this year. You know, Hank, I was just uh, wondering why you say that hey now thing. What do you mean? Well, it's just something that you used on the show, and now you start using it in your personal life, and, and, and it's an affectation of some sort, isn't it? Did you ever say hey now as a, as a kid? No, I don't. I probably didn't. Uh-huh. I just prefer you not do it on the show anymore, okay? Look, you're not out there. And believe me, it is... It's very big with the audience. No. And I'm, I'm gonna tell you something else. I think it helps make the show work. It's part of our whole interplay on camera. By interplay, you mean the times we're both awake? Well, Dan, if only there was some sort of very um, handy segue
1: between The Larry Sanders Show and the next show we're about to talk about. News Radio may well be one of the greatest sitcoms from the 90s that isn't called The Larry Sanders Show. (laughs)
0: Lisa. <clears throat> Lisa, since you weren't forthcoming with me before, back when we were so-called friends, I need to ask you a couple questions about your relationship with Dave. Me too. Okay, uh, how long have you two been seeing each other before... More I importantly, t- does Dave yell out anything peculiar during the highest moment of pleasure? I'm talking, of course, about the moment when he beats you at scrap. You know what? I'm really sorry. I'm with all due respect. I just don't see what this has to do with my job. Well, obviously, it pertains to what kind of example you're setting for your coworkers.
1: Lisa sets a fine
0: example. Thank you. And just because we don't all follow her example and sleep with Dave. <laughs> Running on NBC from 1995 to 1999 and playing alongside Friends, Seinfeld, Frasier, Will and Grace, and more, the cult sitcom News Radio lived in the shadow of its more popular comedies of the time. Its legacy, however, lives on, influencing a whole generation of comedies, including Community, Arrested Development, Parks and Rec, and more. Dan, I much like you watching the Comedy Channel in the 90s and Larry Sanders, I have very fond memories of watching news radio in the 90s on Channel 10 as a a high schooler um, and sort of falling in love with the show and television all at the same time. So this show holds a very, you know, very big part of my, like, TV education.
1: Yeah, look, same. So this was a show which I kind of feel, if it wasn't in a world dominated by shows like Seinfeld and Friends at the time, so, I mean, particularly Friends. So, you know, the super attractive, very witty sort of urbane uh, Friends all sitting around coffee shops type shows. I kind of think news radio might have broke through a little bit more. Instead, it sort of just got neglected a little bit. So it was one of these shows that was always on danger of being cancelled every year, despite the fact it's got this amazing cast to it. Uh, And then you think about the fact that uh, pretty much everyone involved in the behind the scenes of it then went off to other similarly big programs for years that followed. In the same way, Larry Sanders is one of these programs that just kind of set the tone for things to come. Like you find the origin of everything you like about TV kind of in news radio. And if you enjoyed shows like Community or 30 Rock, like this is a show that absolutely really sets a template for both those programs.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it does it in that like interesting space in TV history where... The multi-camera laugh track sitcom was still the like Holy Grail, like mm. Seinfeld and Friends and Frasier. It was doing things that you would then see turn up in what we would call like cult or groundbreaking comedies a few years later, but it was doing them through the traditional format of the like multi-camera sitcom, but it was really like pushing the edges of what it could do with that format of television.
1: Yeah. I mean, if I was a more uppity sort of a person, I'd use phrases like Comedia Del but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to talk about the archetypes of comedy. I Instead, like, let's look at the cast of this show. So, we have got Dave Foley, who came from Kids uh, Kids in the Hall, which is a very notable sketch comedy show out of Canada. Dave Foley, like, news radio is probably the biggest thing that he ever did, but you've certainly seen him in God knows how many things, like, since then. Um, Stephen Root's probably the real breakout actor from this. So, Stephen Root was an unknown actor who did, like, guest spots in sitcoms around the place, but he's this complete nutso boss who's kind of... Uh, one part Lou Grant from the Mary's Tyler Moore show, one part like uh, Montgomery Burns from The Simpsons. I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, like describe uh, eccentric it. billionaire who just hangs out at the office. <laughs> yeah, like why not? Andy Dick, who has uh, certainly gone on to, I guess, notoriety rather than necessary fame. Uh, Morris Yearney, who people saw in shows like ER and, uh, you know, Whole bunch of other things. Phil Hartman, who unfortunately passed away while well, he was actually murdered midway through the run of the show. That is strangely one of my, like, earlier
0: memories is remembering <laughs> that happening. I remember being, like, devastated. Phil Hartman was a voice on The
1: Simpsons. I remember being shocking news at the time. If you're a fan of news radio, like, he really is the absolute real breakout star of this program, and he's so over the top and lovable and hateable all at the same time. Like, he's such a fantastic presence. That's why have heard that he was killed just, you know... It was such a blow to the stomach. Like, I remember where I was when I found out that he'd been killed. And I can't say that about most celebrity deaths. This is also the TV show that starred Joe Rogan, one of the very few acting roles that he had. And look, I really like Joe Rogan, but I think it might be because of news radio, not so much from the podcast. But my love for the character of Joe Gorelli is just so indelible to my spiritual being after watching news radio that I can't really separate the two going forward. But if you're a Joe Rogan listener, like, this is definitely one to watch. You'll be left with a different impression of Joe Rogan, I think.
0: Yeah, I still think of Joe Rogan as the guy from news radio. As the handyman at the radio station. Not the guy from the (laughs) podcast. Maybe for my own sanity. Uh,
1: There's there's a couple of, like, notable guest stars as well. So people like Lauren Graham is in it for about four or five episodes. Uh, She's fantastic. David Cross appears in a few episodes. Bob Odenkirk, the aforementioned Bob Odenkirk. Uh, Wallace Langham, who's in the Larry Sanders show, is also in this for a couple of episodes here and there. But it really is one of these shows which, again, it's a who's who of funny people just crop up. Uh, Jon Stewart makes an appearance in this as the Andy Dick character's uh, twin brother. Also worth noting, the... Creator of Newsradio, Paul Sims, uh, worked on the
0: Larry Sanders show. So there's a very clean connection between the two shows we're talking about. But he would also go on to work on like a who's who of binge shows, um, including Fight of the Concords, Bored to Death, Girls, Atlanta, Divorce. And he's working right now on what we do in the shadows. So
1: Paul Sims probably has more shows on binge than most people. So there's actually a very strong contingent of writers from this that went straight over to Futurama and started writing for a cartoon. And when you watch news radio and then think about these guys going off to write a very high-concept cartoon, it absolutely fits. So this is a sitcom which the first couple of episodes are kind of a bit traditional sitcom. Like, they sort of break up the will-they-won't-they they? sort of tension of the show, with the male and female leader this by having them sleep together in the second episode. So they kind of interrupt that narrative. But as the show gets on, it gets sillier and sillier. One of my favourite storylines is Bill McNeil, the character played by Phil Hartman, He has a love for the sandwiches from the vending machine that operates on a floor below them and he keeps on going to eat these sandwiches despite the fact that they are several weeks if not months out of date but they remind him of the sandwiches that his mother used to make for him back when he was this kid which is a very sad story but at the same time there's something disgustingly hilarious about this guy just eating months old sandwiches and despite the health ramifications that you see him go through throughout the episode. And um, in something that we would like start to at least see more of in shows like
0: Community, there's a couple of very high concept episodes, (laughs) including one in space, one that takes place on the Titanic, one that's like a fever dream. Um, So yeah, they definitely have fun with this show, I would say. So every episode of News Radio will be streaming on Binge from Wednesday, July 13th. Every episode of Larry Sanders is the week before on Wednesday, July 6th. Plenty of cult iconic comedies. Coming tovenge. You know what the problem is? Is just I'm just too smart for this stupid test. Yeah, I'm serious. You know, I mean, I'm just operating on a whole different level of intelligentness.
1: So right.
0: Okay, uh, who is it that thinks we never really landed on the moon? Uh, If you look at those tapes. Who is it, Joe? Me. And what guy refused to go to the dentist and decided to try to fill his own tooth using tin foil?
1: (laughs) Me. Still can't chew on that side, eh?
0: Huh? You see, Joe, you can be stupid. <laughs> you think so? I know so. Well, this is the part of the show where Ali would normally ask me what my dinner party recommendations are, but there's no Ali. Um, Dan, you've been on the other side of the mic for
1: so long. What's a show that you want the podcast listeners to know about? So this is the struggle that I have, John, which is that week after week, I hear you and Ally, and you trot out the things that you want to recommend and sure... The fine, but I'm thinking, why don't you talk about this? Why don't you talk about that? And then suddenly, here I am with the opportunity to go through the bench catalogue, which is extensive, and there's a lot of great stuff in there. And I've got to pick one thing that I can recommend to people. So this is what I came up with, and I'll regret this tomorrow. Okay, not that it's a bad recommendation, but it's like, why do you go with this one instead of that one? But this is what I'm going with. How to make it in america
0: i do not waste your time don't waste your money a million people before you have failed trying to do exactly what you want to do
1: laugh all y'all want we're gonna change the game my man here isn't like everybody else he's a visionary how wonderful now john you would have seen this program
0: i did i remember at the time thinking oh, HBO's obviously, like, having some success with Entourage. Let's make more of that. But it ended up being quite a different show to Entourage.
1: Yeah, look, absolutely. So one of the things I love from HBO is they do these half-hour comedies that are really hyper-specific, and you don't really get more hyper-specific than this. The premise of this one is you've got these two guys, Ben and Cam. Uh, Ben's a uh, guy who works in, uh, like, high-end fashion stores, and his mate Cam is someone who's really into high-end fashion as well, but he's a bit of a con man to a certain degree. He's always involved in some sort of scam uh, or another. But anyway, this of them decide they want to get in business together by launching a line of denim jeans. And the entire series is about them trying to launch a denim jean company and going in and out of fashion shows, the fashion industry throughout New York, and all the sort of influences from like a retail and manufacturing perspective in order to launch a jean manufacturing uh, company. So you got Brian Greenberg in it playing Ben. People won't know him by name, but you absolutely know that guy by face. He's one of these guys that just crops up in show after show because people think he's going to be the next big thing. And he's never quite been the next big thing, but he's still very charming and amiable. You understand why he keeps being cast. The other guy that's in it is this guy named Victor Rasik, who people may know from, I think he's in about two seasons of ER maybe, but I know him from this really great indie film called Leaving Victor Vargas.
0: Raising Victor Vargas. Raising
1: Victor Vargas. There we go. It's a very charming comedy about some Dominican teenagers dealing with uh, love and just life on the streets of New York. But really cool film for the early 2000s. So it was awesome to see him crop up in this other show. Lake Bell, who people would know from, you know, every TV show and movie for the last 20-odd years. Very charming show. If you want a half-hour comedy, and this, no one's going to walk away from this thing. It's their favourite show of all time, but it will be one that you will watch that first time through, and you'll come back a couple more times to a rewatch on it. It is... I guess it feels unique. There's not a lot of TV shows that I think do the fashion industry particularly well, especially from a male perspective. And so this show really feels like a bit of an outlier in so many different ways. And so I really connected to it for that reason, I think. John uh, what about yourself what are you recommending to people at your next dinner party well I might recommend how to make it in America because a whole part of my brain that had forgotten about that show
0: is now thinking (laughs) about it again so thank you Dan but just keeping in the theme I guess of today's earlier series I did want to recommend the zen diary of Gary Shandling which is a two-part documentary produced by John Apatow and it's this sort of very affectionate but intriguing look at the life of Gary Shandling so if the Larry Sanders show is something that you get into and I or you want to know more about the man behind it or you just want to kind of know more about that time of history around comedy yeah this is a great two-part doco looking at gary shandling looking at his career lots of great people are interviewed sasha baron cohen conan o'brien sarah silverman jerry seinfeld like heaps of people he was clearly very influential but he also had his own influences including george carlin kind of played a big part in the making of his own career and for regular listeners of the pod, a few weeks ago, we talked about George Carlin's American Dream, which was another documentary series also made by Judd Apatow. Yeah, if either of those are of any interest to you, even going in, not knowing all that much about Gary Sandling, it's it's fascinating. And yeah, hopefully it will be like a nice compliment
1: to your um, Larry Sanders watch. Did we talk about Sarah Silverman being in the Larry Sanders show? No. Is she? She's in it as well. Everybody is in this. It's incredible. Yeah. And that's why it's so iconic.
0: You know, for 25 years, he was the most important mentor that I had. But in a lot of ways, he was a mystery to me. Oh, we go back to her place. I'm on the couch and I'm really getting into it. And uh, she comes into the room. Gary told an audience, don't worry, folks, you're going to feel good by comparison when I leave the stage. This week on Skipper Intro, we discussed the Larry Sanders show. We discussed news radio. Dan suggested you check out how to make it in America. And I suggested the Zen diary, the Zen diary of Gary Shandling. All of these are streaming for you now on binge or will be very soon, um, which of course you can find on your favorite device. My name is John Bowen. Uh, Dan, thank you so much for filling in for Ali and thank you for
1: bringing your great recommendations and TV history to, to our listeners. Thanks for letting me turn the microphone on. Usually John looks at me sternly and says, no. But, you know, he let me this week. It's very nice.
0: Yeah. Once every 30 episodes, we'll let you on, Dan.
1: (laughs) See you you sometime
0: next year. This podcast was produced by my co-host today, Dan Barrett, with audio editing and mixing by Chris Yates. And we'll be back next week with more Skip Intro.